All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Becoming a Financially Confident Woman. Listen, I have a very, very special guest here with me today. I think I met this young lady maybe when I first started doing the work that I was doing, um, just running around town doing free stuff. And I don't know how we connected, maybe with social media. I think maybe someone connected us. I don't know, but she's bad to the bone and she is really, really entrenched in the financial literacy com uh, community, but she works a lot with children. And as we all know, we always say, we wish we learned this when we were younger. We wish somebody told us this, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to tell you, she has a passion for working with children that I do not have. I've raised children, but I am not in the classroom with these kids at all. I mean, I, I need to work with some people that I can maybe shake their collars and not go to jail and all that stuff. <laughs> but she does an amazing job. And so today I'm here to welcome Ms. Twyla Prindle Ivy. Uh, she is the founder of Cash Kids. I'll let you tell her, I'll let her tell you more about her. But today we're going to just have a conversation about the need for children and financial literacy, what she does and how she got started doing the work that she does, the good work that she does. So welcome to the show, Twyla. Thank you so much for coming on today oh yeah thank you for having me such kind words thank you thank you true so, true true yeah thank you I appreciate that and yeah you know it is an honor to work with the kids but sometimes you know they can be a little challenging and the good thing about what I do is I float around so of course the cash kids our whole mission is we teach K-12 students how to master money skills early so they can lead struggle-free lives and what, how we do that is we go to the schools during the school day and after school. So the beauty of it is we're seeing the kids like anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and a half every week. And then, you know, we're off to another school or class. So I always say if you have a classroom that's a little challenging, at least it's only challenging for that one hour. You know, you get through that one hour and then you don't have to deal with that until the following week. So that's the beauty of, of what I do. How I got started. Ooh, that's a, um, let me see. The short version to how I got started is, um, so my dad, when we were little, always taught us just little things about money, always encouraged savings. I remember at nine, um, we had our first savings account. And um, I remember when we all got our first jobs, I, my dad would sit down with us and okay, how are we going to break this up? And most of our money went into savings. And I remember being like, well, I got to put all that money in there, dog. I want to spend it, <laughs> you know? But um, it was it came in handy because when I went off to college, I had this nice little nest egg over here that I could fall back on, you know, in, in addition to, you know, whatever my parents gave me. Um, now, when I went away to school, <laughs> I got into all kinds of debt when they say they had the credit card people on the campus and they were giving the t-shirts the keychains the mugs i got all of them plus some mm -hmm. um so i ended up in over forty-four thousand dollars in debt in college mm -hmm. um that's not including my student loans and one day i was just like i, I remember sitting over one of the holiday breaks 
because I worked through college, so I didn't always go home for the holidays. And I just sat, I'm like, I'm not paying this. I'm not paying these bills anymore. <laughs> not knowing, like I said, my parents taught me about money, but my parents also didn't know that I was in debt and had credit cards either. Mm-hmm. So I um, stopped paying. Fast forward, when I graduated from college, I um, got a job and the job required a background check. Of course, me, I'm thinking background checks is criminal not knowing that you know it's credit and all that because i would have a company car company credit card i did not get i got the job but when they went to do the background check and hr and my future boss calls me and i was like oh we need to have a conversation they rescinded their offer mm-hmm. and i was like why <laughs> so mm-hmm. they were like background check i'm confused like i'm not a criminal Mm-hmm. So the they explained it to me and then the hiring manager stayed on and she was just like, she has so much compassion. She was like, how did your credit get so bad? And I didn't really think about it. I was like, shoot, I, I didn't want to pay those bills anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> I just stopped <laughs> not thinking about the consequences. Well, that was what caused me to um, get all of my things together concerning my credit and so many blessings came through that long story short it took me about two years to get out of that and my friends started asking me like how in the world did you do that because it was just a joke it had become a joke in school like oh nobody's credit is worse than twilight and so they wow. wanted to know yeah <laughs> yeah it was like how did you do that and once i started showing them i noticed that they still struggled in some areas when we kind of got down to okay well now you out of the debt you still got a budget are you going to go right back into it and my friends still struggled so i was like you know why are they struggling i thought about it. i said you know what it's because i had the foundation i had the foundation as a kid and it's just like anything else i always think compare it to food or, you know, exercising, we know what we should do. We know what we shouldn't eat. We just don't do it. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with money. You know, if you spend more than you make, you know, you're going to get yourself in trouble. We just don't do it. So I said, okay, well, let me just, if I can kind of work with kids and I can teach them the same foundation that I had, then when they get older, even if they do get into a mess like I did, then they may be able to bounce back quicker. Mm-hmm. So that's the short version, even though it was still kind of long. <laughs> no, no, no. That was so good. And it's so true. I will tell you, Twyla, that happened to me. It's funny. I was offered a position by a major bank mm-hmm. um, to move into this industry. And my credit was so bad. I Like you, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that my background consisted of that. And I thought it was like, you know, I ain't killed nobody. I ain't robbed nobody, you know? (laughs) And they offered me a position. I went in and told the employer that I was at, but I gave them my two week notice. The employer fired me on the spot because they were like, well, we don't need you to work two weeks. So a week later, the new employer for the bank called me and said, oh, we have to rescind our offer. So I was... Without a job, 
Wow. You don't realize that no one really teaches you that. And, and thank God you had that foundation because there are a lot of people who don't have parents that were as savvy and smart as yours were to make sure that they had some of those life skills. Now it's up to us to follow it, right? So it was up to you to follow it, but at least even when you found yourself in that position, you can go back to the foundation, you know, right. I think the Bible says something like uh, raise a child in the way it should go. And when they're old, they won't depart. Right, so yeah. it actually worked for you, but it didn't work for others. So I love the fact that you now took your, your experience, right. And then what you learned and helped children. So tell us about cash kids and, and what that is and what exactly you do when you go into the classrooms, that sort of thing. So Cash Kids, of course, we're 501c3 organization. Um, and again, we teach K-12 students how to master money skills. So we go, we have a set curriculum. Um, and what we do when we go in, it just depends on who we are working with and who we talk to. So most of the time when we go into a school, we're talking to, could be the math coach, it might be the reading coach, it may be the principal. And depends on what the goals are for those students. So although we have a set curriculum, we veer away from it some. And what I mean by that, let's say um, the math coach says, okay, well, we have um, some second grade students who are really having a hard time um, with regrouping. And that's most second graders. They have a hard time with regrouping. So when we go in and we're talking about cash flow, we're doing a lot of adding and subtracting numbers. So we may stay on that part a little bit longer for those students because we know that they're really deficient in that area. We may have someone else say, oh, well, our students are having a hard time with word problems or division. So when we get to the rule of 72, you know, that's a lot of division. You can have a lot of word problems there. So we make sure that we kind of overload, if you want to call it that, when we get to that area. So the beauty of what we do, and I think why we're successful too, is we do incentivize the kids. So K through two, they um, of course are learning, their program is a little bit different because they're so young. We use mostly stories. So I'm an author as well. So a lot of the books that I use, not only my books, but um, the books that I use are financially based. So on the odd week, we read books about money. And then we usually play, play a game related to the book just to make sure the kids understand the concepts that were being taught in the book. The even weeks we're doing skills related to the book. So for example, with um, the book that I have, Where's My Money? It's all about a little girl who can't find her money and it's because she spent it all. And her parents are teaching her um, you know, about income and expenses and cash flow. So for those students, we're doing cash flow problems. What is income? What's an allowance? Um, what are some of the bills your parents have to pay? What are some of the different types of expenses? So we may do that on the odd weeks. And then we sprinkle a little fun in there too, where some of the kids K through two, we may have a money hunt just to see, okay, because we make sure that they can recognize coins. And then we have our little money hunt, which is like the Easter egg hunt. There's money inside the eggs, there's stickers, prizes, different things like that. So that's um, a little bit how K through two works. 
Um, the older students, oh, and by the way, they're incentivized by, they receive fake money. So they have, um, in my book, there is a chart where you can track and write down the money that's coming in. Then there's another one where you can write the money that's going out. So through the whole program, they have to write down every time they earn money, it has to be written down on their little chart. And they have to write down how did they receive the money. On the last day of our program, we have a little store. It could be, it has usually have a one, five, ten, and twenty dollar table. The students have when they go up and it's their turn, they have their money, but anytime they purchase something, they have to write it down and they have to subtract it from the money that they have. So that way when they finish, we have a record of not only what they bought, but okay, let's see your math, how you've been subtracting everything and if they've mastered that then we know that we've been successful with that group you know so mm -hmm. that is um how it works with k through two with grades um three and older we give them real money so um it's for participation it could be for quizzes um it could be for homework we have different things this depends on our budget for that uh group uh, depends on how much money they receive in incentives. The students and some students, we give them fake money and we do a conversion. So going back to if division is a problem. So if division is something that we need to work on, we may give them fake money and say, okay, for every four fake dollars, we're going to convert it to one real dollar. And we'll take up the folders every three or four weeks and they have to tell us how much money they receive. And sometimes I do cheat them just to make sure that they are up on it. Like I tell them, like you go to the bank, it's your responsibility to know how much money you're getting and, and giving, not theirs. Mm -hmm. So um, that's a little bit of how we um, incentivize the students, but we cover all types of things. So some, some schools have us um, stay on one specific topic and some schools have us um, going through the entire curriculum, which also depends on how long we're at the school. So some schools, we may be there for just four weeks. Some schools we may go to every day for a period of time. Some schools were there for the entire school year. It just really depends. But so like what I mean by saying focused on one, like one school right now, we're only focused on credit and debt. So we're spending the entire eight weeks on credit and debt mm. versus during our regular curriculum that goes, you know, through the year, we may kind of go over the difference between good and bad debt. We'll talk about credit score, those basic things they need to know, but not going as in depth as we can for a total of eight weeks. So that's mm. just roughly, roughly how it works. So how do you get in the schools and how do you get funded to do this work? Cause it sounds like, talk to me about that. Cause <laughs> All right. So it's been, it's been a process. So, you know, I've been doing this for a little bit, little moment. So I started out because, so, you know, I used to be a pharmaceutical sales rep and um, I started out volunteering because I had no clue about schools or anything. So I started out volunteering. Then I kind of started out charging a little bit. Then once I got to a spot where I was getting a little bit of resistance. I was like, okay, this is this is the price. Um, once I became a 501c3, then I started um, getting funding. So then I would do it for free. 
Um, now it's the same. So some some schools I go to, it's a contract where um, some organization or some bank or something may be funding me on their behalf to mm -hmm. go to that school. Um, and then some grants I receive, I can um, they assign me to certain zip codes. So if if I have a grant, then the services are free. If I don't for that area, then I just say, you know, they have to pay for it. But I work within their budget to make sure that we can do something no matter what the budget is. Wow. Wow. I mean, that is such good work and such good foundational work for children. Um, and I know throughout this town, I if I mention your name or, oh, this lady, you know, they're like, oh, her? Yes. The one with the books. So you have done a really good job and in the community of helping those who who may not even be exposed to this, this industry and, and what you do. So tell us about your books. How did you come to start writing those? Because I know you have a book series. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it start well, how I get the ideas is really from the kids. Um, when I see that they're struggling, like, for example, I, I mentioned that no matter where I go, mostly probably 90% of second graders are struggling with regrouping. Uh, so once I see that there's an issue, then I usually create something around it so the kids can learn. It may not be a book. It might just be a story. Um, so the first book that I wrote for kids, Can I Have Some Money, Please? It talks about tithing and giving the importance of it now this was when i first started going into the schools and of course schools have changed since we were in school and at the time when i first started i had no i i knew you couldn't pray in school but i didn't know that you couldn't talk about biblical principles in school mm. so um once i wrote that book and i thought okay well i can't go into the schools with this book then i wrote um where is my money which that's the most popular book that I have. And again, that one is about the little girl who she's looking all over the place for her money. And when she throws a temper tantrum, her parents are buying the, hey, you spent it all on toys and candy at the mall. And then they're walking her through, this is how you're supposed to keep track of your money. Mm -hmm. um, so that one is probably the most popular. And that one just came as a result of, I was like, okay, well, I can't, use this book so I have to create another book that I can use into the schools which led to me doing a book about credit cards because at that time the kids had a hard time grasping the full concept what's the difference between a credit card a debit card how does this work so I wrote that book why did I get this credit card and then it just kept going from there um, I also have some anthology series um, for my uh, students where if they're struggling in an area like we write about it we create stories that they can relate to so they can have a better understanding so mm -hmm. the last series that we did for an anthology is called debt diaries so the students is um and this book is third grade through 12th grade so we just pick like the best I think it's 20 stories in there. We picked the top 20. We put those in there. And the kids, they had to they had to pick a couple of characters. And they had to get into a situation where they got into some bad debt. But then they had to turn it around. 
and so they they were responsible for how their characters got into debt and how they got out of debt and was it a good debt situation or a bad debt situation so that's what we did and like i said we just picked the top ones and we put it out for the kids so that's what we do pretty much so the books that i'm trying to think i think i have a total of about 13 different books um i have a new one that's coming out um what what would you do with a hundred books and what's going to be special about this one is um we are incorporating some augmented reality so on some of the pages you'll be able to take your phone and scan and it gives you lessons so in this one it talks there's two kids the same kids from my other in my series and they have both have a hundred dollars so they're deciding what should they do with it one takes the path of saving one takes the path of investing and mm -hmm. then they're, they're siblings so their parents are kind of like guiding them a little bit but letting them do the research so when the little boy who chooses investing on the page he's looking on his computer and he's looking at stocks he's looking at mutual funds so if you hover your phone over it then and stocks come up and it explains to you what mm -hmm. stocks are and it's showing you how the stock market rises and falls so it's pretty cool yeah. cool project so i'm excited about that one and um during christmas time we have one called saving money for christmas and i always joke with my parents and i tell them yes this is a christmas book but really it's for year round mm -hmm. because you're saving money for christmas mm -hmm. so yeah so that's a little bit about some of the books that i have you know, that is awesome. And I was just getting ready to ask you about how do you deal with things in the digital age? You know, that now everything is electronic and you can get things. It sounds like a lot of the work you do is manual, like, you know, writing down, adding up, not using any digital supplements. And so have you embraced the whole, you know, everything being digital, everything being kind of online? Or, or do you think that keeping the, the foundation where it's manual helps? No, um, no, I definitely think digital is the way. So um, this is my belief. Uh, I think why we've been success, successful as well is we have to cater to our audience. So how Cash Kids started is definitely not how we are now. Um, mm -hmm. Kids now are more into games and videos. And so we have to be more into games and videos. The reason why we do a lot of manual is because with these standardized tests, they have to, you know, show their work. They have to write things down. So that is why we um, do a lot of manual. And of course, too, I, I know that kids learn, all of us learn so many different ways. Mm -hmm. So when we are working with them, we try to do activities that touch on all the senses um so um i lost my whole train of thought but anyway we do have um a virtual classroom so we have a virtual classroom where kids they can use their oculus or they don't have to they can come online and they create their own little avatar and i usually let them run around if we're having class online run around play a little bit before we have class because it's a whole little campus mm. and then they have to come to the classroom and we do our lessons there. Um, and it's just almost similar to being on Zoom. It's just a little more interactive. 
Um, we play different games online, so they are using some digital aspect, and which is also why I wanted to move into the augmented reality with the books and some of the other things. We're working on um, expanding our virtual reality platform now um, in partnership with uh, Fidelity. They've been helping us out a lot with that. Um, so it's been a ride. So you have to, in my opinion, you have to um, use all tools that are available. Mm -hmm. And it just depends. We've even been using um, AI in our classroom. So our, our students, they just created a coloring book and um you know we just uploaded it online and through them creating the coloring book their writing they were able to generate the art from their writing through ai so mm. that lesson also becomes okay what's one of the things in writing is that you have to be descriptive um no one can see what's in your mind so because they are actually writing it down and then they they generate these um pictures from their prompt or their writing and they don't get what they want you know they're upset it's like you can't be upset it generated mm -hmm. based on what you told it to mm -hmm. so that mm -hmm. means you're not descriptive enough so mm -hmm. it helps out a lot there so we just try to use all areas of technology to not only educate our kids because believe it or not it's, it's the well, you probably already know this. The gap is so wide. On one hand, you can go over here and the kids have never heard of AI or ChatGPT. Mm -hmm. Never heard of anything. On this end, you have kids who they use it every day. Oh, what about this one? This is a good one. So they're teaching me some things. Mm -hmm. So it's just such a big divide. So you have to incorporate everything, in my opinion. Wow. So when you say we, is it just you or are you, do you train people to work with you? Like, yes. how does that? Yeah. So it's not just me, it's myself and a few others. And what, so how training works, I generally let individuals go with me first. They spend so many hours with me. We have so many hours where we're training one-on-one -on -one, and then they go out and they can do it on their own, but I watch them first. And mm -hmm. then they can go out and do it on their own. So they can put their own little spin on it because we're all different. And um, some of us have different subject areas. Like my brother, he's one person that um, helps out. And like you say, you don't have the gift of children. I do. But he has a gift with, with those middle school kids. He is just like gifted with them. And mm -hmm. they just really gravitate to him. But his specialty when it comes down to like the rule of 72 and anything around that, he is so good at breaking it down and making the kids really understand it. So everyone, even though we all do it, everyone has their like specialty of what they're really good at. That's good. That is great. And so they all, are they volunteers or, or are they like, they get paid we have both. So we have a few volunteers, but we have people who are getting paid to go out. And I'm always hiring. So anyone who wants to um, join our team, we're more than happy to have you. Um, so yeah, so they are paid. We do have some volunteers. We only have 
we only have three volunteers that go out consistently, but mm-hmm. um, everyone else is paid. Now, we also partner with the um, Mayor's Youth at Work pro- program, so we have interns as well. They come in and they help assist in the classroom, so there's not just like one person going. There's usually two or three in one classroom. So, um, yeah, so we have a lot of different ways that we do this, but I always have Wow. I mean, girl, that is awesome. So you do you just go to the schools or you just look for grants? Like, and are you only because I think you're primarily, you can correct me, in Duval County, that which is yeah. primarily in Duval County. Um, mm-hmm. the students that we have, so we do go to other places, but it's mostly like short, short term. Um, and then the other states, because we have students, we have students in Vegas, we have students in Philly, we have some students in Texas, but they mostly participate in our virtual program. So we have classes where we meet in person. We have um, classes that people can purchase online, courses online, but then we have virtual reality classes as well, where they can actually come into that virtual space and learn as well. Mm. So that's what we're working on. The, what we're working on with Fidelity is a cash kids world where it's more gamified, if you will, where the students can come in and they each character will represent a lesson or a track, whether it's credit investing, and they choose who they want to hang out with mm-hmm. at school that day. And as they go through and they're learning the different lessons. So that's what we're working on now. That that's awesome. So, cause I know I used to be involved a lot with junior achievement and I've done some work with them over the years. And mm-hmm. I, I, when we get off here, we need to talk because, um, there's an organization that kind of highlights nonprofits. And I think I, we, we need to get you guys highlighted because I mean, what do you need? What do you need from us, from the community to continue to do the good work that you do? Um, I think continuing to link up with different businesses because we're all about a sense of community. And this is such a big work um, that we all can be involved. It's like you said, we all wish we had more knowledge about finances when we're younger. So when we partner with different businesses, we have them to come out to the schools and read, like especially during April, during Financial Literacy Month, we have businesses that volunteer and they come out and read to the kids or do a lesson with the kids about finances. And what we usually do is we create some type of worksheet that the business can still um, use and we use it in school. So let's say, for example, if it's an ice cream parlor, then we may create a worksheet around that ice cream parlor. And then there may be a coupon at the bottom where they can go to that establishment and get free ice cream. Mm. Um, a thing with savings um was it was it for financial literacy month i think it was financial that we did the we focused on the sweetness of savings and we partnered with a bakery where they gave part of the proceeds back to um cash kids for you know the different slices that were um purchased from a money cake that was created which was like a key lime pound cake that was green and any slices that you um, purchase in the bakery came with a pamphlet to 
teach young people about saving because mm-hmm. a lot of times what we notice is what young people is they typically go to whatever bank their parents go to and that's how they choose their savings when really there's so many different banks with so many different options and 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 perks that you kind of like have develop your list of questioning for okay is this bank a right fit for me and so that brochure has all of that in there so they know and how do they plan for their savings goal so that's just a little bit i know i went off into a tangent about that you're fine something about for the community that would be able to help also also donating also helps because there are many um schools that want us to come but we can't always come you know there are many places like right now we're volunteering at the library so i tell people okay well this is an, a time where you can come in for free because i mean you know it's voluntary but we can't do every school for free mm-hmm. um, so always you know donating to cash kids is tax deductible um that's a help book drives <clears throat> anyone doing book drives <clears throat> that's always a help we've had companies to do that doesn't necessarily have to be financial related because our whole goal is to make the students more rounded so although we are reading books about money yes but they need to continue reading so the books that are donated they go out to the school to the kids and they can build a home library they can have books that they can read or they can read to their siblings so um those are just some of the ways any connecting us with people always um that's it it even companies doing snack packs we have um partner with united way they have different companies that they make these snack packs for the kids and they put encouraging words on it and we give those to some of the kids because you know a lot of the kids that we um work with are title one students Mm -hmm. um we give those out to the students um what else do we receive it's so many different things that help toys are also good that help with our um store for the kids when they're buying things partnering with different banks i know we've been able to go to some of the banks and open savings accounts and they've been paid for or you know at least started out for the kids so the possibilities are endless i always say i'm super creative so anyone who wants to connect with us i can always figure out a way that we can connect whether it's for free or whether it's you want to contribute or whether we're contributing to you in some way. So there's always a way. Wow. Wow. So, so, I mean, and I'm going to encourage those that are out here listening uh, to connect with her because I think, I mean, I think, and I know I'm partial, but I think financial literacy is uh, the most foundational thing you can do for your children. Um, our economy, the state of our economy, just the things that happened, even in, during COVID-19, outside of the illness part of it, just people not having the resources, having to depend on stimulus checks, not having things saved to respond to emergencies are important. And having this, this program as a foundation to, to fall back on is extremely important. So I'm going to encourage and woman to woman financial has got to connect and we've got to figure out a way that we can do something, whether we sponsor something, give money. 
I will tell you, Twyla, I'm going to be honest. If they're not in high school, I'm probably not your best volunteer. <laughs> but I definitely will see how we can do something to support this effort because I know the work that you're doing is so important. And I wish, I truly wish that I had someone like you when I was in school. I remember in high school, when I got to high school, my math teacher telling my mother that I had a mental block with math, that mm -hmm. I just couldn't grasp it. And they put me in a consumer math class, which was the best thing they did for me because that taught me a lot about managing money and checkbooks and all that stuff. That mean I took it into, you know, <laughs> moving forward, but I did, I was exposed to it. So the depth of exposure and the depth of education that you're providing for these children are just amazing. And I'm so proud to know you and so excited about the things you're doing. Everywhere I go, when they say they need someone to speak or something, I am throwing your name out. And I'm going to actually recommend you to a couple of organizations I'm a part of. Because if nothing else, we can raise some money because you are a nonprofit organization and yeah. you could benefit from having the resources so that you can do continue to do the good work you're doing. Yeah. And even going back to your organization, like it doesn't have to be, as we say, money. We have, um, we have a game tournament that's coming up in a few weeks and that's high school students where like we're incorporate we incorporate finance and everything. Okay. Well, they're doing a video game tournament, but while you're up, you got to go through this financial literacy lesson in order to qualify for the prizes. We have had um, people from like the Rotary Club where we partner with, where we do a lesson one week with high school and then they um, come in and do an activity related to the lesson the following week or they may come in once a month. So like I said, there's always a way to partner. If you, if anybody who lets me know that they want to partner and they tell me what some of their goals are, what they want to see fulfilled, we can make it happen. Well, definitely count me in. I don't just put me wherever you need to put me. You just tell, I'm going to follow your lead because I think you're doing a phenomenal job. And I do have some connections like um, at the main Rotary here. And we do a financial literacy month. And I brought your name up to speak at that. Okay. I think, you know, we're, we're just trying to, I think, yeah, we really need to get you out there. And I'm I'm the president of a couple of organizations. So I would love for you to come and share what you're doing and figure out how we can get more exposure, but more support for you. Because again, I keep saying the same thing, y'all, but this is, this is the bomb. This is the bomb. So the last thing I kind of want to touch on is, you know, the new financial literacy thing. Yeah. The new bill. Um, mm -hmm. I remember really working on that when I first moved here, like really just pressing for that to happen. So I'm so excited it's here. How do you, how does that impact you? Are you connected or uh, joining up with the school board? I know they don't know how it's going to roll out just yet, but what are your thoughts and what are you thinking about doing? Um, what I once once the bill was passed, I did start sending out emails about it, definitely posting about it on social media. Um, I know here in, in Duval County, it's not really rolled out per se. It is a little bit, but not really. But in other places it is, like, you know, in Tallahassee, they have the courses and the books already. So it's, it's different in different 
cities. So um, I'm excited about it. They have to take one elective, although I'm a little bit biased because um, although I'm excited that they do have to take a financial literacy course, I still feel like they need to start younger. And the reason why is because kids' minds about money are set between the ages of 7 and 11. After that, you have to change things. I mm. see it every day. Like, uh, the studies say it, but I see it every day. My students who are 7 and below or sometimes 11 and below, they're sponges. They're just soaking up all the information. But the older students, especially the high school students, they crack me up because their minds are already made. And they're like, you know how we were about the bills. I was like, wait a minute, you mean to tell me if my car break down, I still got to pay for it? Oh, I'm not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) It's very, it's funny, but it's like you do have to retrain them because I always tell parents too, like they say, well, I don't really know enough to teach my child about money. You're already teaching them. They do whatever you do and they they gravitate to whatever you gravitate to. I see it so much in the classroom where the kids, how they respond, they always say, well, my mama or my daddy, Mm -hmm. and that's how they think it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, starting younger is good. And then we do, you're right. We as parents really need to understand how impressionable they are and they do what we do. And they do, you know, they, I I know for me, and and that really has a lot to do with the work that I do because I'm like, okay, generational stuff. You know, I know I find myself doing things or having done things that my mother did when it came to money and it probably wasn't the best thing to be doing. Right. And so it had again, huh? You saw it. You can't help but repeat what you saw. We mimic behavior. Yep. Yep. It's so true. And, you know, I had, it's hard as an adult now to try to change your behavior because you have to start with changing your mindset, your perception, your perspectives, all before you even start doing the thing. So, and you got to be aware too, because how many times have you, or because I know I can say it for myself, because you grow up in a family and your family is this big collective, you have things you do a certain way that you're not even aware that there's another way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, that's the thing. And I always say, <clears throat> tell this real quick story. When I was growing up, I hated that my parents kept the medicine um, in the kitchen cabinet. It drove me nuts. I'm like, why is medicine in the kitchen cabinet? And so I always say, when I grow up, I'm keeping the, the medicine in the bathroom cabinet. That's where it's supposed to be, not in the kitchen. Fast forward to me, you know, growing up, doing my own thing. I build my first house. My brother comes to visit me from out of town. And he says to me, he said, oh, I see you got the medicine in the kitchen. I didn't even realize it <laughs> because I had seen it my whole life. I didn't even think about it. I was like, oh my God, I do have a medicine in the mm-hmm. kitchen. And I immediately took it out. But I had seen that. I didn't even think about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we do what we see and we pick yeah. up that energy. I know for me, I always, you know, I was a single mom for, you know, half of my life. Well, 
so to speak. And so I remember having such anxiety and stress when it came around money mm -hmm. all the time, because it was just like, I never had enough, never made wow. enough. And now I, I see how I've passed that on to my daughters. Aww. And one of them is, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, you know, I wish I could change that. But the anxiety that she feels because she doesn't have enough. And then, you know, they have one that's the, just the total extreme. Like, I'm not going to be stressed about it. I'm just going to live my life. And then you got the other one. And so, you know, we do do what we see. We live those things. And you're right, doing catching them younger. Because I work with adults and it is so hard to get them to see, like, you cannot keep doing this. <laughs> You know, it's hard, um, like it. it's hard. It is so hard. And, you know, I tell them all the time, you know, money, um, when you have a lot of money, <clears throat> you don't see the problems. But once it goes away, then you start realizing some things. So if you need to plan for that, but it is so challenging. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. You are setting up generations. That's what you're doing. You're changing the whole trajectory of, what could have been had they continued in that vein and adopted their parents' habits? Not saying all parents' habits are bad, right. but showing them another way. So right. I applaud you and I am so thankful for the work that you do. And I know it's been a long time coming, but now, yes, tell me what to do and we will do whatever you say. So I'm, I think the game thing might be better for me Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know <laughs> that might be a better option but those of you out there listening listen connect with her and figure out how to support this nonprofit because they got the big ones out there we know they got the JAs we know they got the jump starts out there but this is a young lady in the community she's working in title one school she's working in all schools she's not discriminating She's using her experience, her creativity and her smarts because she is super duper smart to change the whole community. And Twyla, I cannot, I cannot tell you how thankful I am to have met you those many years ago. And now it's time. So tell us, how can we get your books? How, how can someone get your books? How can someone connect with you to do your classes virtually if they're not in the county? Oh, in the area, which is Duval counties in Jacksonville, Florida, guys, if you don't know. And just how can how can they help? Okay. So our website is cashkids.org and it's cash with a K. So it's K-A-S-H-K-I-D-S dot org. Um, they there is an area on there where you can go and sign up to be a volunteer. Um, the courses are in there if you just want to download a course to take. If you like to register for courses, then you can um, go on that same site and um, you can register for courses. There's also an area where you can schedule appointments um, to speak with me um, on a, via Academy. So you can go on there for that. But you can also reach out to me via email, which my email is twyla, T-W-Y-L-A, at CashKids. So that's K-A-S-H-K-I-D-S dot org. You can also follow us on Instagram. It's Cash Kids with two S's on the end. So it's K-A-S-H-K-I-D-S-S. -S. 
or we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, all your social media. But the easiest way, like Instagram, can pretty much reply pretty much instantly. So okay, okay, awesome, awesome. And now, real quick, I know you have a publishing company. I do. So tell and so are you? You self publish your books. I did. That's um, a little kind of how I started. It started out as a um, hobby, just like to publish my own books. And I kept getting calls and I did it for a favor of a friend of a friend. And after I did that, I was like, okay, well, I can see where this is a business. I can do this. And it just, like everything, it kind of morphed into something else. So it's turned into creative writing for kids. It's turned into supplemental materials for the schools and folk with a focus on minority children um, mm-hmm. because it's so important that our kids see themselves in everything that they do going back to even with cash kids part of it is the kids putting them in situations like you know in some schools that rent to own thing and oh gosh bless one of my students heart last week was just telling me how he's already in debt in the seventh grade because his mom has furniture and all kind of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. in his name. So, um, mm. that whole thing, that just threw my whole train of thought off. Cause it's just, it's How so. How did he find that out? Like what? Well, he knows, like he didn't, he does. It's so common in some communities. Like it was nothing to him. He even pulled out a, a credit card and showed me. He was like, yeah, I got my own car. And I was like, say what now? And he pulled it out and he showed it to me. And I was like, oh my God. And, and, you know, you can't really, it's like, what do you say? So you just kind of steer it away because again, going back to certain families and communities, that's like the norm. Okay. I'm going to put my bills in my kid's name. That's it's so normal, believe it or not. So it's like, what do you say? What do you do? So I just try to teach them, especially this student, you know, okay, well, this is a different way. So make sure you monitor it. Make sure it's being paid on time because we don't want that to negatively affect you. And that's all you can really do. I see, you know, when we are so blessed, a lot of times we just don't even realize it. Some of the things that you see out here, Mm. all you can do is just say, oh my God, you know, the kids, a lot of times, you don't want to say destined to fail, but it's like, man, it's already the odds are stacked against you, but then the ignorance of the parents, and it's it is ignorance because I really don't. I mean, I'm I'm guessing who wants to set their child up for failure. So it's got to be ignorance and you know not really understanding and knowing that you're messing your child up like that. Mm-hmm. So you know it's a process. It's a lot of stuff going out on out here that it's like, wow, we're blessed. Yeah, we are. We really are. I mean, gee whiz. That is, I've never thought. I mean, I thought it was jokes. You know, you hear jokes, you know, my, this is my, you know, my kid's name and this, you know, you heard that from some comedians, but to be that responsible and then how in the world would you parent your child? Cause your mother, cause now it's like, ma, did you pay my light bill, the light bill? You know, how, how are you going to do that? what I do is like I was I mentioned that we um offer homework and you know it's it's one time that kids will ask you like Miss Twyla you didn't give us homework because they want it because they're Mm. getting they're being incentivized and so sometimes I have activities where they have to do it with their parents or their parents have to sign off on it. 
so that way they are learning and i have had some parents to call say listen i had to call you we in the grocery store and my daughter said xyz or some parents say you know what i read this book to my child i think i got more out of it than my kid did mm -hmm. so just making sure that we do some little things we also have on our site um and even if you meet with us in person we have a um, sheet that we've had has a qr code on it where if you just scan that code then lesson you pick that your child's age group then lessons will come to you every other week that you can do with your kids so mm -hmm. even like and i i try to make them everyday activities like even going to the grocery store because we're so busy we don't have time to like actually sometimes sit down like we would like to so i try to incorporate it in everyday life so like going to the grocery store okay that's a time where you can teach your kids about needs and wants if you got a grocery list and your child wants some things okay is that a want or a need or setting some things up okay well if we can come under this budget um with everything that we buy maybe we can buy you know a couple of things on your list so mm -hmm. it's so many things that we can do in our every day life passing by apartment complex is a, is a conversation or if you're living in one it's a conversation who owns these how do they get paid how much money are they making on each unit it's a math problem it's so many different things that we can do in everyday life and everyday passing that you know it can kind of turn into that so yeah so you can sign up for that it's again that's free and um it come when you sign up with for the lessons you have videos you have worksheets and activities that you can do with your students wow that is awesome mm -hmm. that wow that is so awesome well i will tell you you girl are breaking generational curses i love it i love it i love it uh you are helping people create generational wealth because an educated person, you know, that has the knowledge and the ability to implement what they learn, it's powerful. Mm -hmm. And you are doing that. So thank you so much yeah, for doing that you. good work. And yes, woman to woman financials got to figure out a way, but we got to do something. Um, and we support you 100%. Thank and you. I'll make sure to link everything in the show notes so that anyone that needs to get a hold of you can reach you. Uh, do you have any parting words or anything you need um, now? I would say parting words would be um, reach out to one child. I always say like each one teach one. It could be one profound thing or one lesson that you want to teach. If we have Christmas coming up. It doesn't have to be my book, but all of us know a kid. Get a kid a book about money or, or some type of lesson or some flashcards or something. So, you know, you can depart that one thing and into a child. And that's, that's my parting words. Awesome. Great. All right, y'all, let's do it. Let's change, continue to change this generation. Well, Twyla, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I'm excited to hopefully hear some feedback from the people that listen and know that you've got our support here. All right. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you, love.